0: No science advisor, no psychic medium, just me Normally we have, you know, two to three other people in the room But uh, now it's just me hosting, but we do have two guests here in the studio We'll get into that in just a moment But I want to welcome you in, talking about the paranormal As we do each and every Saturday night uh, Of course, I did take last Saturday night off, went to a concert Hadn't done that, and well actually I'd done it a couple of weeks ago too But I hadn't been to the Xfinity Center in years uh, <laughs> I thought it was very weird that they had, you know, y- signs up everywhere. We have Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm outdoors. What do I need Wi-Fi for? I have a data signal. But yeah, it was, uh, it was nice. I went and saw Garbage and Alanis Morissette and it was just a nice fun night out. Uh, also, there will be no show next Saturday night because I'm going to be at the Mass Paracon up in Quincy, Massachusetts. There are still some tickets available for that. If you want to go and take part in it, but I think I saw that there was only single tickets available. So, but don't quote me on that. Uh, Go on over to massparacon.com and check that out. Uh, I don't know if you can still get like the package deal where you can do the VIP party and the all-day event on Saturday and then the ghost hunt on the USS Salem. I don't know if uh, that that package is still available. I think you have to get like the single things one at a time. But go and check that out, massparacon.com, and then we'll be back the week after that and then i think the week after that we're gonna try and do our annual bridgewater triangle investigation show so yeah don't go anywhere because we might need you on that night we're uh, big fans that, so you've heard the triangle show the way that we do it before
1: I, I actually i did watch your bridgewater triangle show i thought it was pretty awesome um and we've just done a, a quite a few investigations this summer there in the out of sight all of it all
0: we, of we it. just we just try to make sure that we send people out when it's not too cold but also when it's not too mosquito-y oh yeah uh because i i went out a couple weeks ago we uh, one of our fr- uh, friends and listeners uh Jean, who's probably listening now she just had her 70th birthday and so she wanted to go out and investigate so i took her to a park in bridgewater and it, it's not so bad now but my hands were completely... I wore long sleeves and had a hat on and jeans, so I knew I was going to protect myself as much as I could, but they went and they attacked my hands, and my hands were completely covered in mosquito bites afterwards, oh but God. now it's starting to heal. So that's why I'm... All I'm thinking as I'm looking at my hands is, we got to make sure we send people out for that triangle show after these mosquitoes go away. <laughs> we love Aniwan
1: Rock, but the bugs there are the... the I've never seen... They're like mutated.
0: Oh, yeah. They're <laughs> <Well, laughs> like nuclear mutated bugs. I mean, maybe they are. Maybe it is <laughs> it like some be. sort of vortex, and these are cryptid bugs that are coming through. Uh, but we have in studio with us, we have Todd Sylvia and Melissa Weiner, right? I said that right?
2: Melissa Weiner.
0: Yep. yep. Uh, and we, they are from Relatively Paranormal, which is New Bedford-based. Absolutely, yep. And uh, they also have a program that you've probably seen on New Bedford Guide, but they've got a YouTube channel, too, where they have even more content. Uh, we're going to get into all of that with them and talk about some of their adventures and investigations around at the different places they've been to, but also even in their own home. Absolutely. So I like the idea of being able to go out and investigate and then come home and have my house be my sanctuary, where I don't have to worry about all that stuff. You guys don't have that same, uh, that same luxury. But uh, we'll get into all of that really quickly. We'll also talk, too, about Lizzie Borden. Uh, Really quickly, I want to let everybody know that yesterday, Discovery Plus released a new shock doc called The Curse of Lizzie Borden. And it stars our friend Dave Schrader and Sam Baltrusis, who's putting on that mass Paracon next weekend, and Chris Fleming. Uh, who you've heard on this program. You've heard all those guys here before. Uh, but also, it stars another very familiar person to the Spooky South Coast audience, Luann Jolly of Wailing City Ghosts. Uh, she has been a Spooky South Coast listener since day one. If I remember right, she saw the newspaper article that said there's a paranormal show coming to WBSM. And so she tuned in, and she was our first caller, I think, too. And uh, she, you know, I remember going back and investigating Lizzie Borden's with her Back in 2007, and in fact, the uh, the EVPs that we play, uh, whether you know, every time that the TV shows are like, "Hey, can you come and talk to us about Lizzie Borden?" Like the EVPs that we give them from that, for that, and that we played here on the show, those were all captured by Luann while we were investigating. Uh, I believe we were in Lizzie's bedroom as these voices were caught. So we have on those recordings a voice calling me uh, an a-hole. <laughs> uh, we have a voice telling me, you know, why don't you go mm-hmm, yourself? That doesn't shock me there. And <laughs> and then we caught, you know, those those are pretty like whispery and mean. But then we caught one that sounds what we think might be Lizzie's voice herself. There's a a, a female voice that says, "But I'm a good daughter," in like a Victorian lilt. And so. You know, that made me feel a little bit better that, you know, they're Isn't not they're just making me not on the show last they're night? Not just they're making same me AVP, I believe. Did they play it? I, I don't know. But I I'm haven't. A good, she
1: played it, but she said she caught it during the investigation mm. for the show. Oh, no, I hope that didn't And happen. then she played it in reverse and said it was Lizzie's biological mother coming through. Yeah. It was
0: very subjective. Oh, I hope, but. I hope, Yeah. I haven't finished the special yet, so I'm <laughs> sorry <laughs> I didn't mean to ruin it for you. Oh no, I you didn't remember. I mean, I'm 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 pretty sure I know how it ends. Haunted, uh, yeah. but the um the you know the years that we've been there, uh, you know the the dozens of investigations that we've done there. There's always something going on, and it's always a little bit different. So no matter what happened to them, you know, in that special. I don't know that it necessarily translates to everybody else's next investigation there because the phenomena that takes place there has changed so much and altered so much. So we can get into all of that more. But if people do want to check it out, if you have the Discovery Plus streaming service. You can check it out on there. I'm sure it will eventually make it to the travel channel because that seems to be, you know, what they've been doing with these shock docs is they, they, they debut them on the streaming service and then they eventually make their way over to TV. Also speaking of television, uh, I've been asked now that because the season of Hotel Paranormal Season 2 has wrapped up on Canadian television If that means that we're going to start seeing it on the Travel Channel I did get the press release yesterday That has all of the Ghost Tober shows for Travel Channel laid out And it did not mention Hotel Paranormal So I don't know for sure that it's definitely coming to Travel Channel I've only been told it's coming to US television uh, But it could also be that they're holding off until November Because of course the show is narrated by Dan Aykroyd and the Ghostbusters Afterlife movie comes out in November. So they might be waiting to kind of tie it into that. But who knows? I'll let you all know as soon as I know. But uh maybe I had some nefarious ways of being able to see season two through various <laughs> and uh, and it came out very, very well. So uh and I did not wear a maroon shirt for season two. So that's that's the only disappointment for many people is they, they wanted me to wear the same shirt that I wore in season one. And although I still have the shirt, uh, I decided against it because I didn't want to look like I only own one shirt.
1: <laughs> well, they film both seasons in the same time frame. They to wear the same
0: shirt. My hair and beard are a little different, so hopefully that would like at least show people that it wasn't all done at once. But, uh, the you know there's a running joke that for the longest time I did wear like the same shirt every time I went and did a TV show. So it's like oh so you only own one shirt. Like no I only won't <laughs> own one shirt that looks good on TV. Because they give you all these like rules about what you can wear like no stripes, no, no polka dots, no this blah, blah. and it has to be a, a lukewarm neutral color and you, you show up there with like five or six different shirts and you know you've got to do everything you can to keep them neat and pressed and you know so you you walk in with them all on hangers and they will <laughs> Like, yeah, use that one. So then you just throw the rest of them in the pile. Yeah. And then you come back the next day and they're like, oh, can you switch to that other shirt? Like, well, now it's all wrinkled. <laughs> but, you know, it, and it's it's tough when you're a guy like me that's always wrinkling his clothes anyway. Like, I'm sitting there in the hotel trying to use the irons. I don't know what I'm doing here.
2: The mini iron? <laughs> the tiny iron? Yeah, like...
0: Just, like, whatever you were going to pay me to do the show, if you were going to pay me, just pull aside some of that money and buy some shirts. I'll right. give you my size. You tell me what you want me to wear. You know, you, you pick out the colors and, and all of that. so much easier. Yeah. But uh, the last, I did a special that's going to be on Tubi, which I can tell you guys about off air. I can't talk about it on the air yet. But they were very, very detail-oriented as they were getting ready to film And they would sit there and pick out all the little lint that might have been on my clothes. And they they would, like, stretch it all out to make sure there were no wrinkles. (laughs) I was like, listen, I know that you probably make a good living in television, but I need to hire you to just do that to me every morning before I leave the house. (laughs) Are you wearing the
1: shirt when this occurred? Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm just sitting (laughs) there. They rolled
1: you wearing the shirt. (laughs) I'm sitting there in a
0: chair. And they have you, you know, you always have to position yourself. You know, they never want you straight on. Like they'll shoot, shoot you from like different angles, but then they also kind of want you to turn a little bit in the chair and they want you to look this way, but your body's this way. And it's like, it's all very confusing. <laughs> so once they get me where I want, I don't move. Very uncomfortable, too. And and it is, especially when you're there for three hours. But then they come over and they like start like, okay, all right, we're going to put a little bit of makeup on here. Okay, well you got this one hair over here, so we're going to spray that back. And it's, it's all very... Uh, do they really go through all that? Oh, yeah. I don't have the patience to do it myself, so I'm glad that they do it.
1: The, I, I remember the documentary guy did a little weird stuff. he had us sitting on the edge of that the, the Chase Lounge. Yeah,
0: but
2: he didn't like mess with our clothes or put makeup on. I
1: thought on there was another an place to seat us, though. It's really
0: bizarre. They, they like to, the, you know, they like to uh, make sure that no matter what angle they want to shoot you at, you know, the you know everything's okay. So you know, they they want they only want to do it once. They don't want to stop and reset. And I, I don't mind that, and I understand it. The weirdest experience I ever had was when I did my ghost story. Uh, Because for that, they they flew us out to their studios in LA and it was Jeff Belanger and I, we went together. My first ever plane ride, I was like 35 years old. I'd never been on a plane. (laughs) And my first plane ride was six hours cross country. So that was a lot of fun. (laughs) <laughs> but, actually I didn't mind it at all Jeff was super worried about me the whole time He like brought like his iPad And had board games on it Like all kinds of things to distract me. I'm like I'm really really fine He kept checking on me Are you okay? Are you sure you're okay? He thought I was going to get up there And just like freak out uh, But when we were sat down in their studio They have a camera That is on like a, a rail system And it just goes all around you Super fast and, like, they'll just be like, and then it'll stop, and then and it's moving around you as you're speaking. And it's kind of very distracting to be, like, answering it. And you can't see anybody because the whole room is black, and they don't have lights on any of the people that are, you know, working the cameras or, or the producers asking you questions. So you're just sitting there, like, in this black void as this computer... Uh, computerized camera just keeps shooting all around you. I felt like something out of a sci-fi movie. That's bizarre. Oh my it God. was very, very disorienting. That's strange. But, you know, I, I got a free trip to L.A. out of it, oh, yeah, so hey, I yeah. was ready to do whatever <laughs> they needed me to. All right, so let's get into uh, some of your adventures. Now, we were talking uh, earlier, we mentioned that uh, that you both lived in a haunted house. L- let's start off with kind of each of your experiences growing up and, and being younger Todd you were talking before about some of your experiences uh as a kid so this goes back a long time for you
1: yeah I, I actually grew up in Mattapois that in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the boondocks on Tinkham Lane it's a dirt road I think it's like the last dirt road in town besides Wolf Allen Road and it's literally I could throw a rock and and hit Wolf Allen Road which uh um, very very strange place indeed and uh, well, I, I don't know, am I allowed to talk about it? Well,
0: we can say the road is... <laughs> we can talk about what's on the road, I guess. Yeah. I don't want Tom to come down here and, you know, be upset with us, so... So, as far as... Par- I don't know, you call it paranormal, but the
1: road is, is definitely a strange road. You got a strange vibe on it. And I had to drive down this extraordinarily dark... I don't even know if there was a house on it back then, to be honest with you. The trees cover it like you had to picture yourself being in a tunnel covered by this strange canopy of trees, So it's pitch black. You could have at night the moon, the stars. You're not seeing anything. And the road's very bumpy. I didn't have the best car, and I would try to drive down that damn road as fast as my car could deal with without actually falling apart on the road just because it was just so creepy and all the weird stories you had heard uh, growing up about Satanists doing weird things on the road. And it's just very desolate, a very desolate place. Um, The first paranormal experience I ever had... Um, was actually my grandfather, who I was extremely close to, passed when I was nine years old. He passed in his sleep. And I could never figure out why my grandmother never wanted to go in their beautiful master bedroom again after that. They had a very very nice house in South Dartmouth. And one day I was playing with my little Matchbox cars or GI Joes or whatever in that room. And I looked up and, and my grandfather was standing there. Probably almost as solid as you and me. And it didn't click with me because it was probably only a few months after he had passed. And then within about 10 seconds, I realized I could see the bureau through him and the the painting on the wall. And then he kind of faded away. Now, you might think as a nine-year-old, that would be a horrifying experience. But he had a very loving look on his face. It wasn't, it was, it freaked me out. But it didn't, I didn't run out of the room screaming like that was pretty much it. I didn't tell anybody about it for years. And it almost had a peaceful feel to it which I kind of understand a little bit better now that I've delved into some of the research about this sort of thing. And um, after that, I honestly didn't have a ton of paranormal experiences or even know how I felt about the paranormal, even know if that was a real experience for right. years until Marissa and I got together. And a, a few months after that, we moved into an unknowingly into a very haunted place together, very haunted place together. Um, I don't know if you want. I don't. I don't know if Marissa had any real paranormal experiences before then either.
2: No, no, I didn't. Um, I didn't. I actually didn't believe.
1: Really, I didn't believe in... She really didn't because I, I had enjoyed a, a few of the paranormal shows that were on TV, like as entertainment value. I didn't even know people did that until like 2010. To be right, honest yeah. with you, until I saw a, a show one day, I think it was Ghost Adventures. I said I didn't even know that existed, and so you gotta you gotta realize the situation. We had been together probably. Uh, A handful of months, three, four months. And we move into this place, and when you would watch TV, you could see the bedroom door out of the corner of your eye, and this six-foot-tall, white, misty thing would walk by the door all the time when you were watching TV. You never saw it dead on, and I thought I was going crazy. I'm not kidding. Like, I thought I was going crazy.
2: Now, I also saw this sitting on the couch watching TV. (laughs) (laughs) This mist go by on the corner of my eye, and I'm like... I just, I kept my mouth shut about it because I'm like, all right, well, we're kind of new to our relationship. You know, yeah, we moved in together, but... It was huge.
1: I don't even know if mist, like, does it justice. It It was like a a person made of mist walking by, like a six-foot-tall man walking by.
2: Well, sometimes it was also very dark over there, too. It would change. But for the most part, it was like a white mist, but there were some times where I would see, like, a big, dark shadow. But either way, I mean, we, we kept... I kept my mouth shut about it. Todd kept his mouth shut about it until just one day he just, like, randomly asked me, like, hey... Do you ever see
1: that thing and I said do you ever see anything weird when we're watching TV that's how I put it that way I could escape <laughs> if she said no what do you mean I could just let it go uh, and she said what that the weird white thing that walks by all the time <laughs> and I said yes thank God I thought I was losing my mind and then it was like as soon as we recognized it all heck broke loose in that house
3: mm-hmm.
1: things would move um, we both have OCD things have a place you would put your keys we had a basket by the door on a little shelf and you'd go back to get them they'd be gone we'd we actually we were talking about this it, it affected our relationship we started arguing for the first time because you must have taken it I didn't take right. it we didn't take it. we would argue and then we'd go back and it would be there I thought she was messing with me she thought I was messing with her but then it just got it got crazy we would hear footsteps banging on the wall um, all sorts of stuff it snapped a clothes rack in half one night at three in the morning like one of those big steel like
0: clothes sure yeah like to hang things up like in the house kind of thing
1: before our daughter was born we used one of the spare rooms as like a a walk-in closet and one night we just heard crack 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 and it had snapped the feet on it as if you took it and just pulled down on it and snapped the thing in half wow and it wasn't old. It wasn't overloaded. It snapped. I thought somebody was kicking into the front door. I'd never heard that a sound that loud before. You know, um, whisper. It would whisper in your ear all the time. Mercer um, and I were laying in bed one night, and um, we heard whispering. And I said, "Did you hear that whispering?" And she said, "Stop. That was you. It came from my side of the bed." I said, "No, no, it wasn't me. I swear to God." And then it came from directly above us. And she said, "Stop it. You're scaring me. You're messing with me." I said. That wasn't me. It was above us, honey. Your head's on my shoulder. Like, I couldn't make that noise if I tried. I said, we know it. it's it's the ghost. Ignore it. And this thing yelled. Like, full-out, disembodied scream yeah. in my... It
2: like, it's the strangest, strangest noise I've ever heard. Me. Yeah. It was just like, I don't even know what it said. I don't even know what it said. It was just like, Rah. I'm like, what? The? This is when it really it started to escalate...
1: And I I jumped up and screamed it. I said, listen, I'll get a priest in here. I didn't know who to go for help. I didn't think Zach Bagans or or Grant Ha, uh, Jason Haas, were coming to my house to help me. I didn't know who to go for help. And it hadn't bothered us up till then. I always thought it was interesting. Like, things would get thrown once in a while. You'd hear it. You'd see it. I'd be like, well, that's kind of cool. But then it started to get a little scary. And uh, at that point, like, I was a little freaked out. But then the, the sleep paralysis started, and that... That's the scariest thing that will ever happen to you. Not too many things scare me in this world. That is a scary thing. And I don't care what anyone says about scientific when something happens to you never before and never since I've left that home. Three, four nights a week, I would be wide awake and be paralyzed. I could see Marissa laying next to me. I couldn't make a sound. I couldn't move, nothing, nothing. And I would see this weird, tall, skinny, black, I call him in the corner with red eyes and he wouldn't do anything. He would just stand there. And I would have to finally make the weirdest noise. Marissa, I could probably describe it to you better, to to try to get her attention. And she used to have to grab me and pound me like into the pillow to snap me out of it.
0: It was bizarre. So this would be a prolonged period of of sleep paralysis. How long would these moments of of paralysis last?
1: You know what? It would seem like an eternity, an honest-to-God eternity, Maybe a couple minutes. It would seem like forever. See, man.
0: And that's where it's people hard to tell it is. People like make that mistake about, oh, well, you know, sleep paralysis is a common thing that happens to people naturally. <laughs> yeah. For a couple of seconds. Like, but when you are sitting there and you're aware of time passing and, you know, like prolonged experiences with that is not normal. Like, you shouldn't have, you know, two, three, four minutes of sleep paralysis. You should have two, three, four seconds. So if you've got something going on long enough for you to be able to see something on the other side and look over at her and be able to incorporate all this, you know, there's there's more to that than just, you know, natural waking up. Yeah, it was horrifying. I oh, could, yeah. I could it see would take me arm. probably
2: two to three minutes just to get him to, like, snap out of it. And then sometimes he would fall right back into it
1: which was even stranger mm. she would snap me out of it I would sit up and I was talking I'm like get to her up one get time, up get up
2: look at me look at me and, and then she would just down. fall back down and same I thing could still see
1: the room still see the guy there and you know see her screaming like are you all right like you know so are
0: you thinking then at this point that It is dangerous to be in this house. Was that entering your mind or your conversations? uh,
1: We were starting to think that it was getting a little scary because I didn't. It got to the point where I I wasn't too thrilled about going to sleep. Now I'm a night owl anyway, but like you got to sleep eventually, right? And when it's on your mind, like, oh man, I know I'm a little overtired. I got to get some sleep here, but it just happened to me two nights in a row. I don't want it to happen again. It's it's really the scariest thing that's ever happened to me. It's horrifying.
0: And, and it's just as scary to watch too, I assume. Oh my God, you have no idea. Yeah, uh, because
2: he's like, he's like a manly man, you know, like so when he's like crying almost and that's like what the noise sounded like, it was just bizarre hearing it out of him, you know, and it's like really scary to see that his eyes were like just not responding, like it, there was like they were caught on something, like you just could not get him to like snap out Focus, of it. Focus, yeah. I, it's really hard to describe, but it's frightening to see for sure. Um, and in but it did get, I, sleep paralysis for you, I know it was bad. It happened to me once. It only happened to me once. And, uh, but the only thing that was like, the only thing that made me like really concerned was that time that it messed with the heat and it had like the heat. We had uh,
1: Oh god. we yeah. had
2: um, a space heater and we had.
1: The cast iron. Big oh, like, a, like yeah. a radiator?
2: Like, like the 19, you know how
1: some apartments only have one big space heater for the whole joint? Mm-hmm. This is a three-bedroom, like, rabbit-run, big a, place, yeah, and so they a had a massive, like, if you touched it, it would it would actually, like, um, I can't think of the word. When it when you get burned, then it leaves Spor- a mark on scorched, you. Uh,
2: is that the word? Yeah.
1: I can't think. But it would actually, like, burn. Like, I touched the edge of it once, and I had a triangle on my arm. It was so hot. Wow. But we woke up one night, and it our bed was on the opposite side of that wall, and it felt like the wall was melting. Oh, yeah. Well, the candles were melting. It, it had cranked it up to, like, A thousand degrees Like as high as you could Crank this thing up And it would Those things pump Like you turn them on The house heats up You don't You shut it off You don't have to Put it on for an hour I don't know how long It it was on for That was horrifying Because
2: yeah I have decoration candles Like all around You know the apartment They had melted My decoration candles Like big thick candles Had melted It was so hot in there Like I swear It was I, I felt like it was trying to start a fire and, kill and it was like something. an
1: old school knob that you had to reach around was... back to and it was like not you had to like push it in to like turn it like it was like a really like like 1940s like cast iron space heater and te- for whatever did it yeah
2: uh, yeah had
1: some sort of power it had definitely had some power like you know I, we honestly think there was two entities there like a, uh, there was a human spirit and something that may not have been uh, it would knock in threes it would do weird things and it definitely ramped up the human spirit. Which we, I think was the white, misty thing. We saw him we both saw him. One time I was folding laundry. I looked up in the bedroom mirror, like a big um, dresser mirror. And there was a, a gentleman sitting there, probably like a 50-year-old Portuguese gentleman with slicked back hair. He was wearing like a blue denim shirt. He had like pock marks on his face. I could picture him to this day. like he was but that's he
0: was, pretty detailed too yeah. He
1: was standing in the middle of our bed, cut off at the waist as if the bed wasn't there. So I'm seeing this in the mirror, so now I looked back at the bed, he's gone. I looked back at the mirror, he's gone. So I'm screaming at Marissa, I saw the ghost, I saw the ghost, but I wouldn't tell her what he looked like, I just said it was a man. Cause if she ever saw it, I, I needed to know that what I saw was real. About two months later at three in the morning, she wakes up screaming bloody murder in the bed. She had sat up to go to the bathroom and we had a like a nightlight where you could kinda see your way to go to the bathroom. And she sat up and the guy was standing in the same spot, cut off at the waist, but only she's in bed now, I'm not folding laundry, (laughs) and he was standing next to her like an inch away, cut off at the waist. It's
2: bizarre. You know, I
1: jumped up, I got the baseball bat in my hand, I'm looking around for an intruder Why is she
2: screaming. Oh, yeah, he went around the whole apartment, he's like, who is this? So she
1: said, I saw him, I saw him, I have to calm down, and I said, okay, now what does he look like? and she said i don't know his skin was kind of messed up he had greasy black hair and a blue shirt i said bingo thank there you you looked like a
0: greaser like to me you know <laughs> I, <It> was- <laughs> I felt
1: i felt very uh validated at that point like yes i did see something
0: so so now you're at the point where you know you've had shared experiences which by the way you know for any relationship there's there's three key moments that there's when you move in together there's when you leave the door open when you go to the bathroom and <laughs> and it's when you can then share your paranormal experiences with each yeah, other. Yeah. So that, then that's when you know you're in it for, you're in it to win it when you can share all of that. But so now you're at this point where all of this is happening. You know, as you said, you don't know who to reach out. What do you do to try to find out why this is happening? Or do you just say, this is our life, this is what we have to deal with?
1: Well, I, I knew it was what we were going to have to deal with because we had a huge apartment. We just were about to have a baby.
2: I was pregnant, yeah.
1: And, um... We knew we you know we couldn't afford much more at the time you know we had like three bedrooms for 600 bucks a month you know yeah, you gotta take that. Wasn't yeah. spectacular but I became obsessed with reading every book I could find on the paranormal everything everything I would go to save us to the book department and grab everything I could on spirituality paranormal um, I have a minor in psychology everything I could think of To, and you know when we would watch uh, paranormal shows we would watch every documentary um, you know We'd seen you and Jeff in documentaries, stuff like that. Anything I could find. If I thought you were a semi-intelligent person with a good opinion, I wanted to know your opinion. And that's what we did. And I would read books with Marissa. I would sit there and read and be yeah, like, oh, listen to this, yeah. listen to this. I would literally read her books, not like she's a child, just because well, I was you, reading yeah, a you book. You find something
0: interesting and you want yeah, to point it out. Yeah.
1: She's just as interested and just as knowledgeable as I am. And, and I would just read stuff and we would then talk about it. What do you think? Do you think this relates to what's going on here? And we just really became obsessed with it. Like, you know, I'll be honest with you, we didn't go out and do a parallel investigation for like five years.
2: After that, yeah. We just
1: read and read, and. but that's just how I am. Like, I won't do something unless I know all about it. Like, you know, I know it can be somewhat dangerous. And unless I knew what I was doing, I wasn't
0: just going to go, wow. Yeah, that
2: and we didn't know. I mean, we didn't know what what all the equipment was. You know, what is all this that all these people are using? You know, we didn't know.
0: You see it on TV or, you know, in documentaries and you say, wow, like they must have spent, you know, thousands of dollars on that. You don't realize that like they spent 30 bucks and they bought it off Amazon. Like (laughs) you don't know that these things are available to you. And I wanted to know the reasoning behind
1: it. Why? Why? I I know I heard the the 10 second explanation, but what's the science behind it? Mm Mm-hmm. What's, why does this work? Why? What is it supposed to do? Um, you know, I mean, we don't we, we don't investigate for the for the thrill of it. We do it more for answers, and um, we actually enjoy helping people in similar situations more than going to a places. place. Don't get me wrong. We love going to places like Lizzie Borden's, but. We get far more satisfaction out of going and helping out a family that's being being tormented.
0: Well, sure. Having endured it yourself, then, (laughs) you know, that makes you more sympathetic to their... And I think that that's something that is lost in a lot of investigators, that if they haven't had the experience and had to live with it, to them, it's like, you know, it's like going hunting. You know, it's like, you want to get out there, you want to, you know, you want to bag that deer... But if you lived in a house where there were deer around you living in the same house as you all the time, you might not be so quick to go out there and shoot them anymore. So it it kind of makes it so that, you know, you're you're worried more about the person than you are the ghost, whereas other groups are worried more about the ghost because that's their whole reason for going there in the first place. Exactly. And then the
1: more we got into that, the more we realized that these are dead human beings with feelings that are stuck here. And the more we realized how sad and miserable they were to be stuck here. And that they probably don't like people treating them like deer or screaming at them or doing stuff like that. You know, uh, the only thing I'll provoke is a non-human entity that I think is a bully or or a nasty human entity that's bullying other spirits or people or whatever. Other than that, we're just trying to give them a voice because we feel bad for them too. If we can help the living and the dead in the same shot, I'm all for it because sometimes it's just a misunderstood human spirit. You know, but you just, you don't know it till you get in there. But honestly, that's, that's, that's really our, our, our goal in the whole thing.
0: And there's still to this day, I mean, I was just talking about this with somebody the other day. Things have changed so much where when, I know when I started doing this, you know, the, there were TV shows, but not a whole bunch of them. And not to the point where people were obsessively watching them all the time. There were the people who were fans. And you knew that when somebody called you for an investigation, you had to be careful about that. Yeah. You know, so when you went and talked to them and they're like, well, you know, you know, Jason and Grant, right? Can you get me on TV? Like when they started asking <laughs> you those questions, like that's when you had to be concerned. But now you go on investigations and sometimes the people you're, you're there to help you know they they might know more about the paranormal than you do because oh, yeah, they've yeah. you know they've done the research and they've looked into all of this and and all and so if they're if they're to that point where they know that much and they're still not comfortable you know that really really resonates with me because you would think that if you can kind of explain it away they're like, okay, I understand what it is now. It would make it less scary. Yeah. Right. But for them to have that knowledge base and still not want it to be in their house or still, you know, have unanswered questions that they need your help with. I mean that that stands out to me as being something that so I think a lot of those those minor cases that we might have gotten ten or fifteen years ago have gone away. They're no longer calling us just because, you know, there's knockings and wrappings and all that stuff. Now they're calling us because they're seeing these, you know, full-bodied apparitions or shadow figures or what have you. And now you know when they ask for help that they need it. They're still the people that ask,
1: you yes. know, if you can
0: get them on TV. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, we, we did a, a, a case. And the lady, honestly, I believe she had a demonic attachment that followed her across the country.
3: Yeah. And, uh, I have to
1: agree. you know... She sent us a message, like, a few days later, like, when's my episode on your show going to air? And I'm like, your episode? Like, I don't I don't know, ma'am. Like, when I review the footage, like, I was more concerned about trying to help you right. figure out what's
0: in your house. wouldn't you think, like, something, <laughs> something that extreme, you'd be like, we have to kind of protect her privacy as much as we can. <laughs> yeah. you know? I, I mean, I got asked by somebody, and I, I won't name any names, but somebody reached out to me. And said that they they really needed help with their their haunting. Their young daughter was like three years old and was the target of everything that was going really? on. Yeah. And they, you know, and in my heart just broke for them. And I was like, I will get you some help immediately. Uh, I, I I have people that I can call. I will have somebody there. This was on like a Wednesday or a Thursday. I'll have somebody there this Saturday. And they're like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I I felt like, okay, we're getting them in the right. You know, mindset here, like they know help is on the way and, and things are going to get better. And then uh, I think it was maybe either Friday night or Saturday afternoon or something. They reached back and they reached back out to me and they said, "So is it Amy and Adam that are coming?"
3: No. <laughs>
0: and uh. I was like, "No, why?" I was like, well, because you know, we we just think that this would be something that was perfect for kindred spirits. Oh. And I was like, I can tell you oh, right God. now that you know we need to get in there and see what's going on well before it gets to the point where. You know, it could possibly be on television. And by the way, just because you asked that, no it'll never be on TV., yeah. even as good of a case as it is. And you know, so I, I kind of texted Amy about it, and she's like, yeah, like people that are like that, you just kind of gotta worry about their motivations. Of course. so of course. you know, then you then you wonder, like, is there is there even phenomena to begin with? But then, okay, yeah. but if there isn't, What does that mean that they're willing to throw their three-year-old daughter under the bus just to get themselves on TV? Like, what kind of person are you dealing with then so that, you know, she's going to now grow up as being the ghost kid from everybody that ever ends up seeing that show. And now you're going to be saddling her with that just because you wanted to get on TV, which let me tell you. Anybody out there that's thinking about that, you don't get anything out of it. No. no. They, no. Don't, they don't pay you to come into your house. <laughs> no. They, you, you know, you're not, I mean, some people, I guess, get themselves booked at Paracons and things like that. But, you know, you're not going to get famous by being on one of these shows for a, you know, for a 44-minute episode. <laughs> so <laughs> don't Let's don't they, sell they, your kids out over it. Unless they think they
1: have the next Amityville or something. Or
0: well, I, I mean, even that case, though, when you think about it,
1: Oh, I, I know what you're going to say I just mean like Something that famous
0: Well but just You know It ruined that family Like it ruined their lives it ruined their
1: kids For sure I mean sure.
0: I know Chris And Chris is not happy about you know the way things have gone you know danny won't talk about it he made his documentary but i feel you know, bad he, for him when i saw that they're all they're all messed up as a result they're, yeah. they're messed up about other stuff too but they're definitely messed up by what went on with that so i mean i wouldn't wish that on anybody uh there are some cases though some famous cases where you know the family is able to kind of stick together and and endure that that you know, unwanted celebrity, but that was definitely not one of those cases. That that family got ripped apart by that. So, but at least you were able to, you know, make it through what went on with yours. So how did you then get to the point where you said, okay, now we want to get out there and help other people. What was it that was the impetus to say, we're going to go and offer these services to people that need them?
1: When we thought we could actually help them, to be honest with you. When we thought we had experienced enough and knew enough to actually help people because... Well, by um, the
2: it was because then we moved into this other apartment. Well,
1: yeah, but we, we helped people for like a year before that. But we, we had heard, we had spoken to a, a family that had asked us for help before we had ever helped anyone. And they told us that they had had literally like 10 groups came in and they would come in, take video, and they would never hear back from them. They would come in, walk around with an EMF detector, shoot off a bunch of dumb opinions, and they'd never hear from them again. And I felt bad for him, and I was like, "Well, I don't want to be that guy like that's not why I do it anyway i'm I'm not you know ghost hunter or whatever i mean i'll I'll use the term just as a goof, but um you know that's not why we do it. So I wanted to make sure I could actually help somebody like I don't want to go there and and get their hopes up and not be able to do something for them, at least like you said, make them feel comfortable." You know, sometimes we'll advise people like there's, there's, there's probably not a demon here until we go through the evidence. I can't tell you for sure. Um, but, you know, if if you can live with the, the, the spirit we have before and we do now because we live in a second haunted house and, you know, you can't make it work. I mean, but it, no matter what, and I will say this in the nicest way, we moved into another haunted house and there is a human spirit there, but all spirits drain you in one way or another. And this spirit is kind of connected to Marissa because they're both moms and she drains Marissa. She does and, and impresses that 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 sadness, that misery over what happened and, and that regret and the fact that she's stuck here sometimes on Marissa and it's emotions, she'll be like, I, I'm having these emotions, they're not mine. I, or I could tell she's just drained, like, you know. Um, you know we we have a young daughter i mean life is challenging but it's not that draining and it's it it absolutely is the spirit i know it sounds crazy but they will drain on you they will just like they suck off the equipment on paranormal shows if they feel a connection to a person that they can plug into they'll plug in and then they impress those emotions upon you so
0: and she's told us that she does
1: now yeah she did she did she, she told us
0: I mean, they need energy to manifest, so if they no can't doubt. take it from somewhere else, they're going to take it from you. Right, of course. So when, when you said that, you know, you, you brought up a great point about groups that will try to help people, and what will happen more often than not is they'll show, and this is kind of one of the side effects of the Ghost Hunters TV show, that they would go into a place and they would say, you know, hey, listen, we didn't get anything tonight. We don't think that this place is haunted, so don't worry. And <laughs> that really threw off the reality of the situation where people started to think that you could just go in and in one night, if nothing happened, you could go and turn around and tell the person your house isn't haunted. No, that just means that the night you were there, there yeah. was no activity. It doesn't, it certainly doesn't mean it's not, I mean, I look at it like this, you know, this is the way I always kind of pointed out to people. The Lizzie Boyden house is one of the most haunted places in the world. And I know that for a fact because I've experienced it. But when ghost hunters went there you know, they left there saying, I don't think this place is haunted. So what does that tell you? That they went to the to this place that has had decades now of experiences and they came away saying nothing. Like, it, no, no fault of theirs. It just means that you can't base everything on, you know, one night of investigation. Well,
1: I, I also you. have a, a theory about why that would happen to them more than, say, it doesn't happen to us a lot. And I think it's because spirits, again, they're human beings. They ghost hunters walks in and the first thing they do is debunk so if you're a spirit who's low on energy and you get all the time especially in a regular home not i saying lizzie borden's where ghost hunters are in there all the time paranormal investigators but in a normal place where people are like oh it's just the cat oh it's just and it's this poor guy trying to reach out for help over and over again whether they realize you can't help him or not yeah. and then they bring in ghost hunters, and the first thing they're doing is going, oh, it's this squeaky door. They spend mm-hmm. the first hour debunking. If you're that spirit, would you waste your last crumb of energy on those people? No. Mm. I'd be like, here it is, the same thing over again. Only these people are supposed to be the professionals at this. Why Why would you try to reach out to them? I, just think of it from a common sense perspective. I wouldn't if I was a ghost. But... You know, Marissa, I've lived through it. We are true believers. We know that ghosts exist. There's no doubt in my mind anymore. And when we come in, we try to reach out. First and foremost I mean yeah. if there's something Easily debunkable But I'm not going to Shout it out to the heavens For the, the spirits to hear you they, They'll stand right next to you They can hear what you're saying Yeah right You know unless you're going to
0: Leave the residence To talk about it <laughs> and They can hear you Depending on what you think About ghosts They might still be able To hear you Of course right. you know. So, so no matter where you go well, well, That's why when I go in, And start an investigation And I don't really do Residential cases And I made that a rule For myself a long time ago Just based on the fact That my schedule is so crazy I never want to go to and be for somebody like I'm here to help you, and then when they're calling me three nights later because they need more help, and I'm yeah. like, I'm sorry, I'm too busy to take your call. I never wanted to have to be that person, so yeah. I stay away from. Resi- I've, I've done very few, but I do a lot of you know historic haunts and you know yeah, places yeah. like that. And the first thing that I do every time I start off now is I will find. The quietest place, or the place that I think might be like where the energy is coming from, mm. and I just sit down there and I shut. I don't want anything on. I don't want any devices. I don't even want a, a voice recorder going off. I don't even want a flashlight on. Just sit there in the dark and kind of just uh, tune in to what's going on. And I don't mean tune in like I'm some kind of psychic, but I mean like know when the hot water heater is going off. Yeah, know no when chance. you know. Know when you hear you know the the pipes are rattling or anything like that because. It's almost like if you can get that stuff out of the way first, mm-hmm. you don't need to bring it up later on. Of course, yeah. Because then everybody kind of understands and knows that that's the case. Or you know, one of the biggest problems that that I find in a lot of places around here is cars going by. Yeah. You know. Oh, yes. Like we, we're very we're very tightly packed in together around here, so there will be cars that come by. So you've got to know. What the light pattern is going to be of the headlights, and know what that sounds like. And I never realized until I became a paranormal investigator how many people drive motorcycles at two or three <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah and drive them like as if they, you know, they're they're indestructible. You just hear like. So, you know, (laughs) if you can tune yourself into all of that to begin with, you don't even need to bring it up later on in the investigation. Everybody kind of just knows. And that allows you to kind of stay in the moment, too. I've been in plenty of places where, you know, it doesn't take much for activity might be happening. And it doesn't take much to have that immediately go away because you're not paying attention in the right way. Of Uh, Of course. It also works the other way where if you're not paying attention, that might amp it up, too. That's why people that investigate with me they always ask me like why do you make so many jokes on an investigation? Like shouldn't you be taking this seriously? Well, I do take <laughs> it seriously, but I also find that if you are if you're laughing and you're putting out positive energy mm-hmm. and you're, you know, kind of raising the vibrations of the room, that helps. Yes. So, yes. you know, you might get somebody that wants to be in on the joke or you might get somebody that wants you to give give you their attention, give them your attention instead of telling Joe so like it does help and it does and it also puts you know because we do a lot of events that people are paying money to be at it it kind of gives them a little bit of a sense of relaxation yes. uh, which I I don't like I don't like the idea of you're not supposed to be afraid like the you know I I tease Jason Haas about this because he's the one that made it so that people are like you can't show fear on an investigation (laughs) oh Um, yeah I, I think that when something is scary, show fear. Like if you're afraid, <laughs> show fear. You can't show it if somebody's depending on you to come and tell them it's not scary. Yeah. But you can be in the moment, you know, you can have that that bit of a, of, of a chill going down your back. That's perfectly fine. And I think that also kind of keeps your senses heightened. And just the opposite of that too, sometimes you need to relax people because if they are too tense, they're gonna jump at everything and they're not gonna know what's going on. So you do need to kind of keep people relaxed. And and that's where the human side of things you gotta be a little bit of a psychologist as well as an investigator.
3: Yeah.
0: You know, not to the point where you should be diagnosing anybody's mental illnesses.
3: <laughs> but
0: you need to kind of be able to to get them through the the situation that's why when people say to me, What's the most important thing for any paranormal investigator to have for equipment? I always tell them it's called the big book of pills. <laughs> You can buy it at any bookstore, and what it is is it gives you every type of medication. They put it out every year. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it has all the side effects so that when you go into somebody's home and they've asked you to come and investigate, it's okay. Look in their medicine cabinet. Yeah, look their <laughs> medicine. See <laughs> what medications they're on and look up the side effects because you might save yourself a lot of trouble in that case.
1: You know what, though? I think you're absolutely onto something with the vibrational energy because – and a lot of people, the average person – don't understand that um we are a much lower vibrational frequency than the spirits are they're much higher you need to close that gap mm-hmm. to kind of lift the veil a little bit you know i've been doing a little bit of research on this lately you give me a funky look but i think i to you about this <laughs> no
2: you have no. yeah so
1: um but it, it's it's true i you know i hadn't given it much thought to the, to what you were talking about with the the laughter and the positive energy type of thing um you know i've been using actually been experimenting with crystals a little bit um and actually magnetizing them in a uh, an em pump what i did is i, I created an em pump i i put a double em pump together and i put quartz and amethyst inside of it and i'm using the the em energy to blast the crystals to raise the vibrational energy and we've had actually great results with it um but i didn't think about that other side of it the human side of it might be another way to do that because the more you can close that gap between the two vibrations the much better much better uh connection and much better activity you'll have i I mean much better interaction
0: people think that like it has to be a a place where there's been tragedy for there to be a haunting like they think that you know untimely deaths are what lead to hauntings or anything like that i find that i've gone to places where they're very positive places and they have just as much activity as the places where there's negative things so you know we've investigated uh We've investigated, well, we haven't investigated, but we, we know people who've investigated Lincoln Park before that was, you know, turned into condos. So when you have places like that where, yeah, there's a few tragic things that have happened there, but the good far outweighs the bad that yeah. good carries a resonance and an energy with it too so you know every haunted hospital as much as yeah there were people that died there there were also people that were born there so you've got that balance oh, the duality absolutely yeah.
1: hotels and, some hotels have that duality you have families vacationing and you have people who go there in their life sometimes because they're that miserable or they're on a separation or a divorce we were talking about this a couple months ago. We went to the John Carver Inn, mm-hmm. extremely haunted. It's right next to Burial Hill Cemetery, another yes. one of our favorite places. Very haunted, but I was looking at it in the lobby and I'm like, my God, the duality here is amazing because you have people here that are miserable, just burying themselves in their room, maybe about to end their life, or you have just people on vacation, or... just got married, yeah, whatever families visiting relatives because they just had a baby grandparents that whatever and there's a lot of weird energy in those places because of that right. so it doesn't shock me that the place was that haunted that and the the fact there was a what the revolutionary school medical school where they used to steal bodies from burial hill and yeah. chop them up <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> who hasn't done that really I was shocked when I read that I was like my god the, the other part about the the John Carver <laughs> in now is uh it's also you know Got all that recorded energy of all the dads That have to bring the family there And shell out all that money for the kids to go into the water park now. In the pool, yeah like, uh, <laughs> Can't believe I spent 350 bucks Just to come to Plymouth
1: uh, The funny thing was our daughter had been there With her grandmother like two days before We went there to do Just to do the swimming yeah. Yeah. Hey,
0: I go there all the time to go to the restaurant I, You know, I love the hearth and kettle So it's a good, good nice colonial Style yeah, breakfast hey, listen, yeah.
1: Kill two birds with one stone, right? <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) if, If
0: I can go to a haunted place that also has food, I'm always there. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break here coming up for the news. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk more about some of Todd and Marissa's adventures. We'll also take your phone calls. If you want to call in with any questions, 508-996-0500. Those, that's the way to call in and get your questions on the air. If you're not comfortable on the air and you want to send it in via email, you can do so at uh, SpookyCrew at spooky com. And another way that you can reach out to us is on Twitter using the hashtag spooky. Live. Uh, That's what we run during the program. But you'll also find us on Twitter at SpookySC. There's all these different ways so that you can make sure that, you know, if you maybe... Maybe you need help right away and you're willing to call in, or maybe you've had an experience you want to call in, but maybe you are also worried about, you know, the rest of the family hearing you. That's what the email is for. Uh, And believe me, we've had plenty of that. Like, please don't mention this on the air, but especially here where we have, you know, multiple families living in the same building, they're afraid to know that the neighbors might, you know, that the neighbors aren't going through the same thing. Uh, Trust me, if you're having it happen, they probably are too. So we will take a break. We'll come back after the news. With more spooky South Coast. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll return with more right here on 1420 WBSM. Mookie South Coast, Tim Weisberg here. Uh, No science advisor, Matt Moniz tonight. No psychic medium, Stephanie Burke. She is actually uh, at the Oliver House tonight. Uh, They are her and Scott Porter. And I think I saw that uh, uh, Grant Wilson and his wife, Rihanna, were there. And uh, Brian Kano was there. So I don't know if they were... All there together? If they were just sharing these photos of them all oh, Chris, posing in the same spot. They but.
1: were doing an event that Brian uh Kano was putting on. Remember? Yeah, yep. I know they
0: did. They he was there a couple weeks ago. I thought. Oh, was that it? I don't know oh, if he okay. was there. I don't know what's going on. Stephanie invited me, but I was like, no, no, I've got Todd and Marissa coming in. <laughs> I'm going to be at the show. And, <laughs> what, uh, what do you need? But <laughs> I have I have been there quite a few times, and it is one of the most haunted places. Absolutely, yes. I love yes. it. There. Absolutely, hands Absolutely. down.
1: The history alone is incredible. You walk into the place, you. You can smell the history. It's incredible. Oh, when
0: yeah. you get to walk in and be like, "Oh, wait a minute! I just touched a door handle that Ben Franklin touched." To like, <laughs> awesome. That's pretty cool. And that's also a place where I've had very, very strange things happen uh, in the basement, uh, which is one of my favorite places to investigate. Anywhere, the you know we've had so many shadow people show up. We have had uh, what what I called the strange bar of light. We're all sitting down there in the total darkness. And this, the, you get these odd lights that show up, and people are like, "Oh, well, it's headlights!" Like, no, no, no. There's a long driveway to even get up there. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, there's no headlights yeah. from the street coming into this house, yeah. but this this long bar of light, maybe about three feet tall, uh, it's you know a vertical bar of light. It looked like a. Test, like a did it look like a test tube shape? Uh, well, straight, like kind of like a um. Uh, one of these, a fluorescent, fluorescent light. Yeah. yeah. So like a fluorescent we light get that bulb. It's a thing from
1: Rolling Hills. Yeah, yeah, we got one. It was huge.
0: So and this it's thing awesome. just appeared in the middle of the air and moved about three feet across the room and then disappeared. It's yeah. awesome, right? It was so strange. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then we also had while we were in the basement, of course, if you if you've been in the did you go in the basement yeah. while you were oh, there? Yeah. So you know you have to kind of go you know, open that hatch and go down That's and strange, yeah. you turn the light on. And so we were trying to stay in complete darkness and people kept turning on the lights <laughs> and then come down. So then somebody would come down and we'd be like, all right, now we got to all readjust to the darkness. So finally we said, okay, nobody else come down. And then all of a sudden the light comes on again. And we see the legs of a person coming down the stairs. And then when it gets wow. to the point where you'd see more of the body, they just disappeared. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. You saw no. that with your
1: own eyes, not through infrared or anything. No, my own eyes. We didn't, awesome. we didn't have
0: anything else running at the time. That's, That's awesome. awesome. And uh, I'll tell you about the, the full bar. Bo- uh, might get in trouble uh, because we're not supposed to talk about the ghosts there. But I'm going to do it anyway. We were, <laughs> we were doing an event at, uh, at Edaville. Oh, okay. And we're in the basement where the boiler explosion happened that killed Ellis Atwood. Now he didn't die in the built in the basement. He died at the hospital, but it was it was the explosion that that led to his death. And the story is that his wife Althea is seen roaming the grounds in her wedding dress, looking for her lost love. And I'm in the basement with a number of people, probably about six or eight people. And as we're standing there, the staircase coming down. We see this woman in a white dress, full-bodied apparition, not quite solid, coming down there with her arms outstretched and coming right toward us. And then when she got closer to us, she just disappeared. Wow. And so I was like, oh, okay, I like basements. I'm just going to stick to basements now when I invest in them. (laughs) That's where all the cool stuff happens. Uh, But then we also got this very interesting thing at the Oliver House where... Uh, I don't know if you got to meet Len and Peggy. They're two of the the volunteers there. We've only
1: met no, only just, met Christy. Oh, okay. It was
0: awesome. Len, oh, she's she's the best. I've known her now You're for awesome. over a decade. Um, but the actually, you know, it's funny because she actually formed her first paranormal group up here, based on coming to Jeff Blandroni's events. So she kind of met all the people through those events, and then they formed a team anyway. Really? So yeah, cool. oh, it's. Spooky South Coast, not to, you know, toot our own horns here, but Spooky South Coast has made such a family of the paranormal around here that it's like we can actually trace like relationships, marriages, all kinds of stuff like related (laughs) back to because of this show. Uh, But the uh, we were, uh, you know, there for one of their pro nights or something. And Len and Peggy are two of the volunteers. And Peggy had received this. This uh, painting from her sister that she got at like a yard sale and she's like, I don't want that in my house, (laughs) but I'll I'll hang it up at the Oliver house. And so she had put it on the wall earlier that day. And at the end of the night, after the event was over, uh, we heard this smash coming from the dining room. We were all in that front room where they show everybody the video presentations. And in the dining room, there was this giant smash. And I thought Paul, who is one of the investigators there and, and has like an SLS system, I thought he had dropped his his tablet for that. And and I was like, Paul, are you all right? And he's like, yeah, I'm right here next to you. It was dark, so I didn't know that he was. Yeah. <laughs> so then we all go running in there and we see that the painting was on the floor. It had smashed and it took down a couple of clay pots that had been on the mantle underneath oh, no. it. But what was odd about it Is that the painting had one of those, like, sawtooth hangers on the back of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the nail that Peggy had hung it on was sticking out of the wall, and the nail was in the wall at, like, a 45-degree angle pointing upward. Yeah. So you had the claws hooking onto that nail pointing up, which means whatever knocked that thing over... Picked it up. ...had to go up and under it. Yes. And it probably... If it went up and under it That thing's going to come down It's not going to hit those clay pots That were on the mantle Which means that this thing Also knocked over those clay pots Mm -hmm. So it's just one of the coolest moments And like When you sit there And figure out how it happened You're like Well I don't have any other explanation to Because you know All night long Everybody's going down the stairs It would have shaken it right off Because it was right under the staircase Yeah Yeah. Nope So just one of those strange things Where it's like Yeah we'll, we'll show you we're here And we'll show you in the strongest way That we can
1: it's, that's that that's that's awesome. crazy. Yeah.
3: So
0: I I, I do tough. want to get into some of your uh you know your adventures. Uh, people can see on your YouTube channel. Uh, tell us the the specifics of where to go to see that. Relatively paranormal. Um, everything is relatively paranormal. We
1: have uh, I don't want to toot my own horn, but we have a pretty nice website to www.relativelyparanormal.com. I have a couple video players on there as well. I put every freaky picture. Uh, that we think is paranormal on there. There's probably 150 pictures. Uh, the YouTube channel has over 60 videos now. I'll put short evidence clips on there. I'll put, um, <clears throat> excuse me, full investigation clips. And when I say that, they're edited like a, a normal show. I'll condense everything down to like an hour. But I, I make the shows where it's pretty much all activity. There's not much of Marissa and I messing around. It's not like your regular TV show. I just find that, I, mean, I probably am wrong about this, but I just think that if people are on there watching paranormal shows, you want to see ghosts and paranormal things. Right. And the more of that I can put on there and the less of us, the better. But, I, I, you know, I could be wrong. I mean, We're I don't not know. Actors, so, that's
2: for sure. So, I don't yeah, think I try wants to, to, see us.
1: to put mostly, <laughs> yeah. you know, activity. So, however long it comes out, it could be half an hour, it could be an hour. Um, and then I'll put a lot of short evidence clips on there. Uh, we also have a TikTok. Um, Page now, which is Relatively Paranormal, Facebook group Relatively Paranormal, so it's all Relatively Paranormal, and the the weekly show, I I put all the episodes on there on replay, they have their own playlist as well, too.
0: So let's talk a little bit about why it's called Relatively Paranormal.
1: Uh, It's a play on words for the most part, Marissa and I, our, our family, our daughter Julia, she's only seven, she really doesn't go investigating with us. Um, we do let her speak to Angie sometimes through the spirit box because Angie speaks to her disembodied. She woke up, Marissa, the other day and said, Mommy, what, were you just in my room talking to me? And said, No, I was sleeping. And she said, Well, somebody was just saying whispered in my ear. And I think they said, like, her, like, real whispery. So we asked Angie, we said, We put on the spirit box later on that night. And she said, Yeah, it was me, but I said, Here, as in, <laughs> I'm here watching over you. We also believe the, the house we live in now has something that's a little negative. That's kind of a trickster and a, a liar. We thought it was another human at the time. Uh, nothing really demonic and has happened, but we just, it's a long story. It's, we just think it's something negative at the very least. And we think Angie kind of protects us from her. And uh, Angie has just become another roommate. So we think she just watches over Julia because nothing ever happens to, to Julia. So... Um, So we do do let Julia speak through the spirit box here or there. And, um, you know, we hope that one day that she can join us. Uh, I do have an older son who does some paranormal investigating. He just lives pretty far away, so he doesn't get to come down as much. But it's really just me and Marissa and our best friend, Brandon, who's like family to us. Like, his family comes over and hangs out. He's got kids, hangs out with our daughter. His wife, um, she came with us. She's in the Lizzie Borden episode we did. She did a great job, actually, Casey. Yeah, she did. So they're like family to us. It's just a family affair. Um,
0: But you bring up a very interesting thing, because for people who are going through living in a place where there's activity, if they have children, they have a choice to make. And that choice can either be that you tell them that there's no such thing as ghosts and hope that, you know, whatever the activity is doesn't really manifest around them. Or you can be honest with them and let them know what's going on. And, you know, it sounds like you had really the, the right mindset to say, like, it's here we can deal with it. You don't yep. have to worry about it. It doesn't mean that, you know, we have to be scared of it. Uh, and And that's gonna help her, as she grows up, to stay, because think about, you know, how most of us, our parents tell us there's no such thing. Right. And then we have a lot of internal struggle when course, we actually have these experiences. You know, now you've removed that block, that wall, to make sure that she'll always be able to kind of understand what's going on.
1: Right. And, you know, and, and over time, because we're constantly told they don't exist, the, the natural part of our body, one of our, the sixth sense closes. We were given by God a sixth sense and we don't, most of us don't have it like I'm not very sensitive the more I do this the more sensitive to these things I seem to become but you know I don't want to unnaturally close something that she was born with you know I'm not going to lie to her besides we we do this we started doing this before she was born we started researching it you know what are we going to tell her when we we got to go to grandma's for a weekend we're going to you know East Bethany New York for what <laughs> you know, we do a live streaming TV show in our apartment Like, I, you know, I'm just not about ever I don't lie to my to the kids I, I just, I don't I, I don't see a, a poison I will tell you though it.
2: that I was surprised at the reactions that we got um, From people who were not thrilled um, Well, the, the, again, we spoke <laughs> about decision. this on the
1: break with TV And you actually spoke about it before TV likes to spin things a certain way and we were featured in a documentary that I don't can I mention it? It's yeah. on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's called My Extraordinary Family. And they normally do weird episodes like about like uh Oh my god, you the know, girl like, with two vaginas. Uh, you'd have to go on there. It's it's really strange <laughs> stuff. But they thought that the fact that um, we let our daughter, you know, talk to a spirit in our house or whatever, uh, was strange. So they came and, and in the meetings with us talking to them, I knew right away where they were going with it. Yeah, me too. They they wanted to make it seem like we take Julia at night, at midnight, out into cemeteries and and to like asylums and uh, to house cases with demons, you know, and do dangerous things with her. And I told her right away, yeah, you, uh, you're not going to present things in that way if you want. Yes, we let her talk to Angie in our house. I'll turn on the spirit box. You can put that in your show. But I made a point in the episode to say, listen, we don't bring it to places unless it's safe and whatnot. And it's funny you mentioned the Oliver House because we used that as a haunted location because we had been there and we knew it, in our experience, it was never dangerous. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. The families were there.
1: We went there at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You're looking through IR, so you can't really tell and we brought her up to talk to Abby. Abby is the the little girl ghost who's been trapped there for what the poor thing, like 300 years or something. She got scalded to death and we had Julia give her a gift, a stuffed animal. And then Julia has this little electronic horse that you have to press a button to make it dance and light up, it goes for 10 seconds, then stops. Well, she gave Abby the stuffed animal and said, here, Abby, this is for you, I thought it was a sweetheart. And she was like, here, sweetheart, this is for you. And she said, I brought this toy to play with, this is how it works. And we're sitting there, like, not, I don't know how many minutes went by, not many, and the thing starts prancing around the room like crazy. Oh, so let me
2: tell and you. And it was so
1: cool, because our daughter was excited, you know, and and she's asking kid questions to one of the kid. How old are you, Abby? Um, I don't remember what else she asked, but she got nice responses through the spirit box, and people were like, y'all letting your child speak to demons, you should be slapped, you should be this. Mm-hmm. And whether or not you want to be skeptical or not, fine, listen, you're entitled to your own opinion. It's a free country. It's a free world just say what you want it's fine you can comment about all you want about your skepticism you can say whatever you want okay don't say i'm a a, a bad parent because i'm not you know right. marissa and i you know we spent today we we went to a soccer game i coached her soccer team with marissa we were there at eight in the morning and then we drove to plymouth for an hour so she could play a double header of false softball <laughs> okay and then we brought it to her grandma's for the night and then we came here we're good people we're good parents but like you said we're not gonna lie to our daughter and you know yes we let her talk to Angie and, and yes if there was a safe place during the day yeah I'll let her go if I've been there before and I've scoped it out it's a family no,
0: sure. Why not? Well, um, but also look at it from the other perspective. You know, let's just say she was born with a mediumship gift of course. Mm-hmm. and was dealing with this all the time and had no frame of reference for what was going on, you know? So like, I think that people are so quick to judge anybody mm-hmm. as, you know, they, they love to find any reason to rag on other parents yeah. uh, and, and find why they think that they're a bad parent. But I can tell you, I've been doing, you know, public events, public ghost hunting events for, for over a decade. And I've had people ask me, like, well, what's your age limit? And generally, you know, we want to say, like, we prefer the kids to be, like, 12 or up. Yeah. Only because... Kids that are under that, you know, younger than that, have a tendency to get distracted and to, yeah. you know, to want to go home and start to, you know, bother everybody else. And so, but for the, uh, the one rule that I always say to them is, you know, your child better than I do. Yeah. So if you feel like they're able to come and handle this and be part of this and be responsible, and I have had kids come, you know, uh, that are, you know, nine, 10 years old that are the best investigators of the entire group yeah. and the the best behave and the most mature, you know? So it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you know, your child better than anybody else will. And you know what they're comfortable with and what you're comfortable with putting them in that situation. So, but it's just, it's always going to be that way. People just love to, to rag on other folks, especially on, you know, social media.
1: Yeah, of course. And yeah. what would you do if you, we inadvertently moved into a second haunted home We've all seen things together in the same room together. What am I going to do? Tell her that she didn't see what the three of us saw <laughs> that's together? That's more damaging, I think. Of course. Of course. And, you know, that's just, to me, that's... I, I, you got to think about it like this. If And listen, I tell my daughter there's a Santa Claus. I tell my daughter there's a tooth fairy. I tell my daughter there's an Easter Bunny when I know dang well that none of those things exist. But I've seen ghosts. I've spoken to ghosts, spirits, entities, demons, whatever you want to call or all the above... I know they exist, so why would I lie to my daughter about that? If I'm going to tell her that there's a mythical
0: man who flies around with reindeer,
1: delivering
3: gifts to everybody, you just just
0: ruined my Christmas, man. I, I had not heard that yet. But you know, you're right. I mean, in in part of understanding all of what we experience in the paranormal world, it requires us to have. You know, we can read all the books that we want. But when you get out there and you're actually doing this, it's it's a different level of humanity that you need to yes. be able to to experience this. And as you said, you know, you don't have to be psychic to start to to build into some of this uh, kind of tapping into it. Like, I know I can walk into a place now and I can say, oh, I, I feel like there's something here. Yeah. And just from being around it, you know what it feels like. So why not give somebody the head start in that than to say, no, 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 no. wait till you're 18 And then it's up to you if you want to do it or not. I mean, my son, you know, I took him on. I I didn't, I've never taken him on an investigation, but he was hugely into history, even as a young kid. So I would take him to some historical places that I would go. You know, when I wrote my book, like, he came with me to take all the photos. And then uh, there's a a place that I investigated in Wareham called the Fearing Tavern. It's from 1690. He was obsessed with, like, colonial era history, and he wanted to go and see it for himself. So I took him and there was a newspaper reporter there doing a story on our event so it was really before the event had really started and so we're in the basement and we're using uh, at the time you know we had the shack hack and we're using that and he he's asking questions and you know the reporters loving this it's great stuff yeah. and so he's like are you naked and like everybody <laughs> laughs and, and then he asks are you dead And this voice comes through, very deep, low voice, and it says, you know, a few. And except said the the actual word. Yeah. Yeah. And my son, knowing how this device worked, even being seven years old, said, hey, dad, I I know that they're not supposed to say that on the radio. So that's not just the radio coming through. I don't want to do this anymore. And that was the last time that he had anything to do with anything paranormal. And he's 17 now. That's wow. good so. though.
1: That's smart that he he figured that out about the radio. That's oh awesome. yeah. yeah, no he. We that's we actually, awesome right? Because a lot of people would not even think about that.
0: We actually had him on the show here once. Uh, we had my wife and him came in, and we we you know basically we were just kind of talking about a bunch of different things, kind of random. But we had told them he was probably about that same age, six or seven, and we had told them before he came in, uh, and at that time he's you know a six year old boy. You know that they love to talk about. They're junk all the time he would, he would constantly be using that that term He'd be like Oh my junk is itchy Or like whatever Like he was just obsessed With talking about it So we specifically told him Before we came into the studio Don't mention your junk on the air <laughs> And so he's sitting there Through the entire first This is when we used to take breaks During the show He's sitting there During the entire first segment You know Kind of chiming in where he needs to chime in, doing a great job and everything. And then I'm going to throw it to commercial. I'm like, we'll be right back with more spooky South Coast in just a few moments. We're gonna be talking about, you know, this and this and this. And then he just leans into the microphones and he says, but we're not gonna be talking about our penis or our junk. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. That and is awesome. It's still
0: on YouTube to this day. It's that's one of our incredible. most watched clips. Yeah, I, I,
1: that's awesome. That is fantastic. But it,
0: it, it is funny how much they can grasp some that's of those nice. concepts even at a young age. So why not Why not teach them at that age?
1: She she actually knows more than some of the, I hate to say it, than some of the people on TV. Like I won't mention names, but she's she's smart. She picks up on everything. She's smart not as a right. whip and you know we we don't say things that we think are going to be horrifically scary but you know we're honest with her about listen these are dead human beings they're they're stuck here they didn't go for it, several reasons and blah 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 and you if you sat her down you'd be stunned at at the knowledge she has just from like a, a realistic standpoint on on the subject she's actually very smart yeah. about the whole thing like she'll she'll be a phenomenal investigator but she we have to have the same conversation every time we go to a big investigation, because Marissa and I, we we love it. I mean, we're slightly obsessed, but we get excited and and we have to sit down with her for an hour and explain why she can't go. (laughs) Because she gets mad, she wants to go. Sure. She wants to go, and we're like, honey, you can't. We'd get arrested, first of all, second of all. (laughs) It's not safe, we're walking around in the pitch black. like I know on TV it looks like you can see, you cannot see the Oliver House, that thing into the basement, I smacked my head on it like 10 (laughs) times.
0: I don't have to worry about that. I'm only like 56. I had
1: brain surgery, so I must have whacked a titanium plate off that like 12 times. So I'm like, Julia, you can't it's just not safe. It's it's against the law. I I wouldn't put you there. I don't know what's there until I've been there, honey. I would never bring you there. I don't know what's there. Some no. of these things are dangerous. Yeah. Well, Some of these things it gets real sometimes.
0: One of the places that I took him was uh you, you know, when he was okay with, you know, it took a little while for him to be okay with going back to places just for the history side of it. And I had to go uh, do something at Fort Tabor. This is back in the days when we were allowed to investigate Fort Tabor. And we would have, what we would do is we would do events there and we would, the money that we raised would benefit the military museum. Mm -hmm. And then the city shut that down. They they had me go before the park board uh, for one of the events we wanted to do and they yelled at me. Because I had done previous events there and never gone before the park board before. And I was like, but Joe handled all that. I totally, you know, like threw Joe under the bus. But he was was the one that had always set all that stuff up. So I thought that he had gotten the okay. Uh, But so, and then they said to the city solicitor who was sitting in the back, Like, well, if you're okay with them doing it, then we'll allow it. And the city solicitor said, I'm not okay with that. The liability of them walking through those places. So we can't do it anymore. Nobody should go into those batteries. Uh, Nobody should go in and, well, you can go into the ones that are over by the military museum. They allow that. But nobody should go into Milliken. That's why they keep putting up the fencing. But we had been able to investigate that as part of what we used to do. And that place is full of things you can trip over, holes you can fall oh, in, yeah. all kinds yeah. of stuff. And we brought him through, you know, there. And and he, you know, he was freaking out about it because it is a freaky place. So Stephanie was with us. He was actually like, you know, holding Stephanie's hand because he was so weirded out by everything that was going on there. But that's also another great example of a place where, you know, it's the after effects that can be dangerous for anybody. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we, we went there. We've probably done six or eight investigations there over the years. There was one night where we had gone and done an event, and I had come home, probably crashed in my bed about three thirty, four in the morning, and uh, about 5.30 or so, I woke up to the worst Charlie horse I ever had in my leg. Oh, God. Oh, And cool. it, it was just killing me, and then finally I, I fought my way through it, and then... Fell back asleep, and maybe 15 or 20 minutes later, I woke up with it happening in the other leg. Oh, So it was to the point where I couldn't walk correctly for a couple of days afterwards. Like, that's how bad of a muscle pull it was. And I just happened to say to Stephanie, I think we were texting, I said, did anything happen to you this morning as a result of the investigation? And she says, yeah, I woke up around 5.30 with a horrible charley horse. No. So... All I could think uh, of is, like, imagine, you know, if my child had yeah, been yeah, there and, and had to deal with that, like, I would have felt terrible because now I put them in physical harm that as a I result get of see it. That you
2: all the
1: time. No, well, that's because I'm diabetic, and if my blood sugar gets high... It uses the water in my body to thin it out, and it gives me a chalyrose because dehydration can cause mm-hmm. cause it. Like obviously, but that's maybe. an unnatural situation. Maybe. That it doesn't happen that often. It happens more often than yeah, but I, it, I think I, it's more I, for I the do,
0: diabetes. I do get them kind of you know not frequently, but I do get them from time to time myself. And oh my, I like I wish I could just like rip my leg off. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> do you don't know jump you out.
1: You know you're supposed to walk on. As painful as it is, you got to jump out of bed and hobble around the room, and it goes away like much much faster. What
0: what I do is I hobble. I keep bananas in the house and so i will like just try and crawl my way out to the kitchen and eat a banana
1: if you haven't ever had one it feels like your leg's broken the first time i had one i thought that somehow i fell down and broke my leg before bed that's how bad and i could feel the 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 knot in my leg Mm -hmm. i thought it was the bone i said i must have fell down somehow and broke my leg they're horrific they really are horrific
0: but Plus. to have, you know, to have it happen to her at the then same time, you know, that's, that's what made me think, okay, had in
1: both, I, when I get it, it's one leg, it'll, it might happen twice or three, but it's the same leg in the same spot. It would, and I've never had it in my life. Why
2: would a banana help?
0: Potassium. Potassium.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Um, I mean I don't know I don't know if it's really Helping at that Like at that point You're probably too far gone For it to help Like you should really be Eating a banana every day To help with the potassium But it kind of You know it Eases my mind a little bit As much as it does my leg
1: But as far as following Us home I uh, I go through a pretty big process Before we leave As far as Invoking And things not To follow us Um, I sage us A lot of times If it's been If something negative Has been there The sage comes out I will smudge us, um, pray I, holy water, anything I can. We, yet that I know of, to have anything follow us home. Um, you know, we documented Angie at our current home. Uh, I won't give out her last name, but we documented her. We have her obituary. We have a picture of her that matches the obituary. The building manager confirmed it, so we know that that's legit. There's another thing there that we met like night one, but we didn't have problems. With the place we moved from the day before, or the week before, or the month before. So it, it, it's worked so far, but, you know, technically, unless you invite them to follow you or, or they're true demonics, I mean, they, they really <clears throat> aren't supposed to follow you, but they will. They will. They will.
0: Well, you know? you, so you know Christy then. Uh, and then there was a time when we went to the uh, S.K. Pierce Mansion. Yeah. Oh,
2: yes, yeah. that is where
0: yeah, so we're going next. Well, let me <laughs> let me give you this story because it might help your investigation. It might also make you think twice about some things too. So, uh, we had gone there for the when we went there for the first time, we were using a Ouija board down in the basement, and they didn't they don't allow boards in the house. Yeah. Uh, we had gotten special permission, and so we were using it in the basement, and a spirit came through that said that its name was Laura, and after this happened. Laura attached herself to Christy And Ooh. made her life a living hell And she had to have Stephanie Help her remove this spirit That was attached to her And it wasn't easy Wow. And so the next time We were going to do an event there Stephanie and I were driving up together And I said hey what was the name of that spirit That attached itself to Christy And Stephanie who was, told me not to use the Ouija board She warned me not to do it yeah. She said something was bad was going to happen She's like no I'm not telling you And I was like why do you not remember? She's like, no, I remember, but I'm not telling you because I know you're going to try to talk to her. Oh, you're going to And it. <laughs> so I was like, well, uh, all right, fine. And I'm like over there texting Christy, like, Hey, what was the name of that spirit that attached <laughs> itself to you? And normally Christy gets back to me pretty fast, but I didn't hear from her for hours. And so we got to the house. And by the way, if you use GPS to get there, a lot of times the GPS will start screwing up. And you'll drive around the house in circles Like because the house doesn't want you to come there I think But so we got there And they were telling us about Room 9 had this habit of On the third floor Had the habit of the door slamming shut Yeah. And so we were looking all around And we realized there's a missing pane In one of the windows In the glass So it's it's just the air coming through That's causing the door to close So we thought we had kind of figured it out So we put a, a board in front of the window So that wouldn't happen and then later on that night, we're all sitting in that room with all of our devices going, and I get a text from Christy. And it just says that one word. It says, Laura. And so I said to everybody in the room, I was like, hey, Christy just told me the name of that spirit. Do you want me to call out for her? And Stephanie was in another room. Oh, and everybody man. was like, yeah, yeah, do it, do it, do it. So I just looked at it and said, Laura, are you here with us? And as soon as I said it, that door slammed shut. Every device in the room started peeking. Uh, and then Echo Vox just kept saying over and over again, Laura, Laura, Laura. Yeah. Oh it was God. like the only time I ever felt like I was in a horror movie. So then we go home at the end of the night. Uh, Stephanie had driven, so she dropped me off at home. And as I'm getting ready to go into the house, she says to me like, hey, say a little like protection before you go into the house. I was like, ah, I don't believe that. I don't believe these things are going to fall And she's like, just do it for me, okay? And I was like, Fine. If there's anything that came home with me, you're not allowed in my house. All right. You happy? And then I walked over the threshold into my living room. And as soon as I walked into there, I have a REM pod that's super loud. Yeah. And the REM pod went off full blast and i was like it's gonna wake up everybody in the house and what's weird about it is if if, i don't know if they're all like this but the one that i have it takes a nine volt battery yeah and then there's there's a power button next to it but it's recessed up inside yeah the inside so you have to reach up so there's no way something in my bag like reached up and hit that button to set it off so i was like well that's freaky and then when i took it out of the bag to turn it off i was like i gotta pull the battery out of this thing to turn it off when i looked there was no battery
1: Oh, the, that's real freaky. The battery yes, wasn't even freaky. in the
0: thing, and it was going off. You believe
1: that was a human spirit, though?
0: I I don't know. All I know is that uh, after that, I was not going to invoke the name of her uh, in in that in that building anymore. But it's been a few years since I've been there, so the next time I go, I'll probably do it again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've mixed I've mixed um, opinions wow. about what can actually follow and what can actually not because. The beautiful thing about living with Angie the the spirit is we get to talk to you all the time and, and being human beings that are just dead, the more they know you, the more they open up to you, the more questions you can ask. And when you you know this as well as we do, you spend half the investigation trying to find out who's there. What's right. your name? Right. When did you pass? How did you pass? We're way past that. We're two years of living there. So we get to ask questions now like, hey, when we see the orbs flying around, is that you?
3: Yeah.
1: Hey, do you? that's how you ch- travel around. Do you see your body, your legs, or do you just feel like you're flying? Do you use the mirrors as gateways, as poles? We get to ask all these cool yeah. questions because we want answers to to as to answers. what the life of a ghost is. And she said that she won't leave the front door. She won't leave the building. She's afraid to. She doesn't even know if she can. Mm. So that being the case and we've asked this we try to ask we have a set group of like 10 questions we try to ask every spirit um i don't know what i'm gonna do with it but it, it's kind of like our conversations with the dead thing yeah. <laughs> because we're trying to get a group consensus like did you see a body after you passed yeah mm-hmm. did you see the light why didn't you go into it like we have this group of questions we ask every spirit and they all say that they're either trapped at that location and can't leave won't leave whatever so i just have this uh, running theory in my mind that anything that falls you home is non-human never walk the earth um and they usually tend to be powerful you know like i i saw one story on tv where somebody got followed home was yanked out of their bed scratched like i don't believe human spirits have that kind of power that's a lot of power to make your empire did, and the, the switch was flipped on, too? It's and, a push. no it's battery was a, in. It's a push button. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think. I just got a real one. I had, like, a, an aftermarket one before that. Mm-hmm. I just got the, the 2.0, which is fabulous, by the way. But um, so, yeah. So, it's up. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, but to be able to make it crank like that, that's a lot of energy. That's cool. a lot of power. And to follow you?
0: But to, to, to go back to your point maybe about the human spirits, you know, let me bring up this point because it, it comes up a lot. And it's it's something that people point to as evidence that maybe there there aren't ghosts because how could this be? So look at, you know, a place that you've been to, the Lizzie Borden house. Mm-hmm. People have encountered what they think is the spirit of Lizzie Borden there. But then people have also investigated Maplecroft. And encountered what is the spirit of Lizzie Borden there. So can she be in two places at once if she's a human spirit?
1: Yeah. And my other opinion about Lizzie is if you slaughtered your parents and you moved out as fast as you could after you were acquitted, why the heck would you go back afterward? And how would you travel back there? like? like when people say like oh oh well you'll see a show well this hotel was jesse james favorite hotel and it's in montana and the guy died somewhere in florida how would he get there is there like i'm not trying to be a smart ass like if somebody has an answer please tell me but like there's no ghost monorail like at disney world you know where they can just hop on and go wherever they want after death you know from what the answers we've gotten is they saw their body they saw the light they chose to stay here for whatever reason and they trapped here now you know i guess maybe we should ask did you have an option to go somewhere else? Like I
0: don't know. Like, so I mean, from what I've heard and, and you know, from you know from some of the researchers that I've talked to, the idea is that they're not really trapped in any location per se, but there are some locations where they can manifest easier. Mm-hmm. So whether it be the conditions of the building, if you want to get into like the stone tape theory and all of that, whether it be a place that they have a personal connection to, whatever it is, there are certain places where they know that they can have a a stronger resonance so that they might be drawn to those places for that reason, but that in actuality, they can be in many places at once. They can be everywhere because they aren't bound by physics. Like, we're trying to... Oh,
1: yeah, Oh yeah. there's no doubt, yeah.
0: That's the biggest problem that we have with, you know, people trying to prove this scientifically is they're trying to make it fit into physics when we should make physics fit into what it's doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're kind of in a parallel universe that's alongside of ours, and every once in a while, they can, part of them or... Some of them, or even their voice, can cross over into this dimension, and yeah, yeah, you're right. You got to kind of look at it through different lenses. Like, I, like I said, if, if somebody has answers for these things, let me know your opinion, and, and you know, comment on any of our stuff, and and let me know what you think. Like, we love spitballing and, and throwing theories around, and then we go ask the spirits and say, "Well, was this true? Is this what happened to you?" Is this, can this happen? The read your mind thing. You know, yep. I don't think I, I, I don't know if I said that on the air, but I oftentimes in investigations, I'll be thinking of something I want to ask them and they'll answer the question like mm-hmm. 30 seconds before a minute before. And it's really like strange when it happens. But like it got to the point where I started asking them, like, can you read my mind? Like, not to sound goofy, but can you read, you know, and and I don't remember what the answer was. The, the last one I asked, but once said that, yeah, we, we kind of know what you're thinking.
0: Which is, which is freaky. <laughs> but, you you know. can get that on EVP, too, where sometimes you'll you'll have to... You know, you're listening for the answer after you've asked the question, but sometimes the answer to the question comes before yeah, you've yeah, actually asked it. Sure. And you get that yeah. reporting of it. So just mentioning the Lizzie Borden house, uh, you know, of course, things have changed there. And I know when you were over there doing your investigation... Was it already under the new ownership? Was, no. So no. Leanne was still there no, in charge? No,
1: it wasn't Leanne. Maybe it was, but then they don't have the format they have now. Like the basement didn't have bedrooms.
0: Well, so he was kind of running things, but he he officially took over in early June.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, we were there in May like 1st. We first. lucked out. We, we were were there in went there. First.
1: May 2nd. And it was May. It was May 1st. Yeah. It was May 1st we were there. May 1st to May 2nd, right. We lucked out. None of the people there were investigating. They were all just people there chilling for the bed and breakfast. Um, like, I was real nervous. I'm like, man, if there's like 100 people uh, there, like, you know, it's gonna, how are we yeah. gonna do anything? Well, it was a full how house. There anything? was 13 people there. But they the didn't, they all there. went to their room. Yeah. And like two people, two different sets of like couples, like uh, two women that were hanging out together. Yeah. And then a, a man and a woman. And they respectfully didn't say a word. They just stood in the background. Just, you know, One woman freaked out because she saw something and screamed. But other than that, um, and then they were gone by 11 o'clock. We went in the basement after that, and we really, really lucked out. And we, Marissa, and I were up till real late, but that place it's it's top top three most haunted that's places. That's awesome,
2: awesome. Oliver awesome.
1: House, maybe, is super haunted. That's, that's top three. That place is awesome. And it shocked me. I didn't think it was
0: going to be like that. It's, I really it, didn't. It really hit to, to watch how that place has evolved, uh, because you know. Less than 10 years ago, it was still all closed up and the town owned it and didn't know what to do with it. And then as the investigation started, things started kicking. And of course, then once Christy took over, you know, it really ramped up because she's not only in there investigating all the time and coming up with all these new experiments, but she's also raising all that money that they've been able to use to renovate yeah. it. Right. So it was in a constant state of renovation, which as you know will stir stuff up. Of course. I mean, oh, you're so lucky to go there now and be able to use the bathroom indoors. <laughs> I'll never forget what it was like in, you know, the winter time having to go out into the porta potty. <laughs> oh. Also, the- you're also lucky with the SK Pierce mansion because they have indoor plumbing now too. Oh, when we first started before. going there, they did not. We had to rent a porta potty for our event and put it on the front lawn and it was like the end of November. And everybody had to go out there and, like, do their business in, like, 22-degree weather. Oh, my so, God. So, yeah,
1: you're, it's a lot easier now. Hey, Rolling Hills, we went there. They had a port-a-potty. Port and we yeah. <laughs> had to be guarded on the way there. We didn't have the best we we had an incredible paranormal experience and not the best customer service experience.
0: I've heard that. She yeah.
1: wasn't the, she was actually awful, but anyway. That's why we haven't done
0: any events there. And then we,
1: we met really? Christy like the week later and we were like, Wow, talk about oh, a Breath yeah. of Fresh Air. Yeah, like exactly. Was, and the the, the the tour guys at Lizzie and Oh, like, they were awesome. They were awesome too. It's, it's like yeah, it's like anything else. You know, it's all who you get. Mm. Um but uh certainly yeah, indoor plumbing definitely helps. Uh, but the boarding house yeah it was awesome we actually the funny thing was is is Andrew did not like me and the he, he called Marissa the B word like twice right over the spirit box so I didn't like him at that point and, and Abby was super nice and answering our questions and he didn't want it to and I'll tell you the strangest thing was I'm reviewing the evidence after and they were talking to each other through the spirit box in the background and we didn't notice them and it it, it was weird and it broke my heart at the same time because Abby thought we could help her and I'm not a medium. I just can't. I wish I could and nor would they let me free her even if I could, right? Because that's their business and that that's heartbreaking too. And she was arguing with Andrew saying that they're we, here to the, help. They're us. here to help us. They're our because friends because we were asking yeah. like, do you need help? Do you need the light? And he said no. They're ghost they're hunters. They're ghost hunters over and over yeah. and wow. over again. And they argued about this. And then when she realized that we were not able to help her. She Just kept yelling, You tricked lied. me, yeah, you, you lied me. to me, you tricked yeah. me. And it broke my heart listening to this. Like there really is a human side to this and you are going to understand at two in the morning when I have headphones on and I'm sitting there <laughs> reviewing this, I'm like, marissa you gotta hear this. It was heartbreaking and exciting to to, to have a, a revelation that not only are these people trapped here, but they can learn. Like ghost hunters wasn't a term right. in eighteen I forget the exact date, 1870s or whatever. 1892, 1892? Was it 1892? uh, 1892, yeah. 1892. That wasn't a term, but he knows that. Why? Because they investigate all the
0: time. Because they're always listening. He gives the term. Well, I mean, I can kind of tell you my theory. We only have a couple minutes left here, but uh, I wonder if there even are any human spirits there. I think that whatever is in that house is very dark and very manipulative. Okay. And I think that it often pretends to be the Bordens because it gets what it wants out of that. So I I wrote about this, but I, I think that it's a matter of something has always been on that property. And I'm I don't use the term demonic. I I I think that it's just something that is negative in nature. Mm-hmm. And it is it was feeding on everybody that had ever lived there. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, yeah we believe when, that too. But yes. then the Bordens come in and they're, you know, dysfunctional to say the least. That's only gonna help kind of keep this thing going. And so I think that that's what happened is this was kind of like it's, it's fuel, it's food, it's, it's what keeps it going. Yeah. So why not keep giving people what, what they want so that they keep coming back and talking about the murders? And that thing, whatever it is, it calls itself John when it talks to me, but it's, it's not the uncle. But Did
3: you get John? I don't
0: know. It has reached out to me in other places. That's weird. And I'll it? say like, who is this? And it'll say John. And I'll say, John, where do I know you from? And it'll say Lizzie's. And then I just will stop doing whatever I'm doing and I'm saying you don't belong here, so you know, we're shutting this down. But Mm -hmm. it it is it is pretty nasty and I've I've seen it. I've -hmm. seen it manifest as a shadow figure down in the basement. We spent, you know, the better part of an hour chasing it from room to room. Can't do that now because they put beds in all the rooms with Chinese screens up and all that stuff. In the basement
1: we had something calling itself the goat man. The goat man. Over. over I saw that in your video, yeah. And over again. You can see hooves. Banging on the wall, t- banging on things like weird, weird things like clear as day, the goat man, EVP spirit box. Like several, de- uh, it might even came over to Paralys, which is like an Ovilus type app yeah. that actually works great. But oh, it's um, fantastic. really like that was weird to hear because I didn't hear that live, I didn't hear the goat man. I heard, I heard D- demon live, but I didn't hear the goat man. Um, but uh, yeah, that was the basement, strange there. It was strange, very haunted place though, very haunted. You know,
2: I didn't give, I didn't. Well, they were trying to lure us down into the basement.
1: I mean, well, I, I I felt like Abby was human. I can see that what was calling stuff for Andrew, but she was saying stuff like about her husband. Like, I asked if he if if he had molested his his children. I have a daughter. Like that doesn't sit well with me. And he said, I don't do incest. And then somebody said, Yes, he did, but. But it wasn't his fault. A demon made him do it and he's a good husband he's too. He's a good man. He's a he's good, a good husband. man too. And then we Marissa made the mistake asking about the pigeons and all <laughs> hell broke loose. He did not like that at all. <laughs> about the pigeons. And then but then he said a ghost made me do it. And yeah. Abby, a voice that said it was Abby said, um, uh, what did she say? Uh, he wasn't it wasn't right for him to do, but it wasn't his fault. So we started to think that, well, all these people under some sort of possession and they kept calling lizzie a witch
2: yes
1: now i didn't know if that was what they just called somebody they didn't like back then they were very superstitious over religious are they just calling her this or was she really a sunday school teacher practicing the occult and ended up getting everybody there possessed by accident
0: i mean i guess i guess that's kind of what the that special was was pushing uh on discovery plus Which freaked me out because that was our theory after we heard that. That it ties Mm. in with it, yeah. I I will say this. We were doing a a seance. You know, the most dangerous (laughs) one apparently. But we were doing a seance there years and years ago and there, there was a photo of Lizzie on the middle of the table that we put on the middle of the table and uh, I was pushing Mr. Borden on that whole you know incest angle and and I was like, why would you do that to your daughter? Why would you I was like, look at this photo. She's not even that good looking. She's, <laughs>
3: oh, no. she is
0: she's an ugly woman you know just trying to like rile things up. And when I did that, the the picture just came off the middle of the table and flew right at me. And I ended up cutting my hand on it a little bit. Oh my and I was God. like, oh, I guess that serves me right for pushing a little bit too far. But That's
1: crazy. If they are human, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to be stuck there and look at a, a replica.